Good evening, lads and lasses. Welcome to episode seven of Malcast with your hosts, James and Patrick. Um, before we get started tonight, go ahead and smash that like button. Give us a uh, quick little subscribe and follow us on Gab, Minds, and come hang out on Twitch. We will uh, might be playing some League after this, depending on whether or not Patrick can keep his head up. So, yeah, pop on over, say hi. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about Lena Khan, Joe Biden's nom- uh, nomination for FTC commissioner. And uh, kind of transitioning into that talk about antitrust and big tech. So, Patrick, uh, what have you uh, what have you heard about this uh, before I start going in, start mansplaining all over the place? Uh, what what part of it exactly? Uh, Lena Khan, and uh, let's let's start there. I don't know who that is. All right, fantastic. <laughs> And if Patrick doesn't know who that is, then most people probably don't. I mean, these nominations don't; these nomination hearings don't tend to get a lot of uh, a lot of focus. So, Lena Khan is a 32-year-old um, Columbia graduate who focuses on who has a focus on antitrust law. She's worked in the FTC since 2018 and for the House Antitrust Committee since 2019, uh, with a focus on big tech. She's written three papers in the last three years all on um, antitrust, one on Amazon, two on big tech. All of them got awards. Um, and so she's qualified for the position, no doubt. Um, what's really interesting about her, uh, kind of in contrast to the rest of the Biden administration, to be honest, is the fact that she's anti-big tech and uh, not part of it. Whereas with his transition team, we saw a lot of former Facebook executives. Um, and, uh, there was Google executives. I'm not sure. I don't think there were any Amazon on there. Uh, and so this is kind of closer to what Biden was promising he would do versus what he was actually doing. Um, he talked about fighting uh, fighting it back against big tech, as a lot of the Democrats and Republicans do. And it's nice to see them actually bring someone into the fold and putting someone in a position of power who also uh, has, the, has the willpower to act on that and has shown that throughout their history. So what I'm going to do here is, uh, is bring up on the screen... Her 2018 uh, journal, Amazon's Antitrust Paradox. I'm going to leave the abstract up here if anyone watching wants to read that. I'm not going to read three paragraphs to everyone. Um, The gist of this is that Amazon has essentially escaped antitrust law um, because American antitrust law focuses on keeping prices low for consumers rather than actually looking at whether or not the market's competitive. Amazon focuses on very low profit margins to fuel growth. Um, They use cash cows, uh, such as their web service uh, systems, to fund less profitable segments. And most importantly, they are actively competing against those companies that are reliant on their platform. My favorite example is when there was a... uh, a tripod company who designed what would eventually become the Amazon basic tripod. And 
Amazon copied it, produced it for cheaper, removed the removed the company who was originally selling it. Um, and that our, our current antitrust law is not capable of handling that sort of situation. Lena Khan is since 2018 been pioneering a way to change that and suggest some uh, some remedies in that paper of hers. I would definitely I started reading it today. I didn't get all the way through. It's long. But uh, go ahead and give it a read if you are into that sort of thing. So, Patrick, with that little bit of background out of the way, um, give, give, me your first, give me your first impression. I want to talk about this uh, big tech, um, Amazon, and antitrust law. Yeah, sure. Um, like, my first impressions, if you're telling me that she's, you know, against big tech and all that, I'm all for it. You know, I think that big tech is a huge um, problem right now with uh of our society and, and, and political system generally speaking because they it can exert so much influence not only just in what their biases are and their like direct biases uh but also like in their selection bias and how they kind of approach uh information and the choice to disseminate certain types of information such as like information relating to the co- uh, coronavirus pandemic or information relating to uh, various uh, contested elections. You know, we'll see them put forth information regarding um, this past presidential election that was contested, but uh, and coming on the side of there was no fraud here. But when you're coming talking about something like uh, Stacey Abrams' election, which she lost, but then she would contest, saying that there's voter fraud and everything like that. They didn't weigh in there and say no, there was no, there's no evidence of voter fraud in that case. So they can exert bias in a variety of different ways. So anyone that's willing to break them up and uh, democratize the public square, I'm all for basically. Yeah, I completely agree. And I was actually, so I, I, I found out about this like three days ago. I was just scrolling through my phone at the gym and then I saw uh, a Fox News article about how Biden's nominee, who is anti-big tech for the, uh, was being questioned for the F. Uh, FTC commissioner uh, nomination. Uh, and I was shocked. I didn't believe it at first, but I'm pleased. I'm actually going to give Biden credit where credit is due and say this is a good nomination. In my opinion, I researched Lena Khan today. I've looked into you know her papers, and I'm, I'm impressed. Uh, when it comes to this big tech stuff, though, it's actually really scary. We've been what we've been seeing over the last couple of years where, between just a few years ago when the Reddit CEO said that if if he wanted to, he could he could choose whoever wins the presidential election. He said he probably wouldn't get away with it a second time, but he could legally sway an election. Um, we've seen the censorship over the last few years between um, big tech and cancel culture. We've seen uh, just back in January, Twitter and Facebook banned a sitting president of the United States and prevent them, uh, that sitting pres- president from talking to the people. And the, the kind of power that they're exerting, not just through, you're right, through the money they have, but also the dissemination of information and removing people who have different ideas is is scary. And one thing that, that that's something that Republicans and Democrats don't agree on at all. Uh, they had hearings not too long after after the January 6th incident, 
in the Capitol where the Republicans were calling um, the CEOs of Facebook and Twitter in and kind of berating them. But the Democrats wanted more censorship. The Republicans wanted no censorship. And so they couldn't be further apart, which is why it's so interesting that what they do agree on is antitrust for big tech and Amazon. Uh, why do you think that 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 cooperation exists there when it doesn't on censorship, which is a very similar topic when you're talking about the power of big tech? Um, I would say that the differences with the first one is that there's wide agreement that it can be used against them. Uh, and I think that they've seen it happen in that sense. But I would say with the second one is that while they might agree on the topic in principle, the application of it differs on both sides. So you're going to see censorship in a uh, anti-religious way from the left, whereas you might see a censorship in a pro-religious way from the right. So they'll disagree on the methods of it being, you know, conducted. But um, the the initial idea will be this will be acceptable to them, basically. Does that like, make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. So, what? Uh... Where, where do you stand on, on antitrust legislation? Because I, myself, uh, I'll start as, I'm a capitalist. And um, if it's good, it, you know, I, I prefer to let the free market police itself. Um, but when you've got, I think especially when you have all these pioneers of industry. So we saw this back at the turn of, this, uh, turn of the 19th century, 20th century, excuse me, with Rockefeller, uh, how he, how he became an oil, oil baron, pioneered that into the entire oil industry in the United States and used that wealth to that no one else had access to to make himself king, essentially. And that's the same thing we see with Gates, Zuckerberg, um, Dorsey, all these people. They're founders of some of the most powerful and influential companies and platforms in the world uh, that really, yes, there's competition, but they can't compete because they were the pioneers. They were the first to do it in a way that captivated the entire world. And their ability to use, to, their ability to capitalize on that influence and power that they were able to gain to then move into other sectors. Facebook moving into uh, other social media platforms and capitalizing on your data. Twitter kind of using their influence to... Uh, police speech and then Amazon of course being the kind of the textbook example of this yeah they started out as a book as a book publisher an online retailer and they've, they've expanded on into web services uh, delivery production basically becoming a horizontal monopoly for the entire economy um, so at that point my where it shows that I'm not just a pure laissez-faire capitalist because I say, yes, the government needs to step in. The government needs to break up Amazon, needs to break up Google, Facebook. Don't think they need to break up Twitter. Twitter is just, you know, kind of, they just don't have anything they could break them up into. Uh, but that's where, I, that's where I stand on all this antitrust stuff. So Yeah, so, I mean, I don't consider myself a capitalist in the sense of, like, capitalist as... Uh, the economy or capitalism or anything like that is my end goal. I, I more so view, and I've, I've espoused this, uh, this view a couple of times on, on this podcast so far, 
but it's more so along the lines of capitalism as a tool or the free market as a tool to then achieve um, value sets that I necessarily agree with. Um, and you can, if you want to know what those values are, go read the Bible. Um, <laughs> but, or if you want an easier read, go read uh, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Um, not sponsored. Yeah, not sponsored, no. <laughs> it was dead, so. <laughs> um, book's so good. Uh, yeah, so I would say that if there is a situation where the free market isn't functioning, functioning uh, the way that we need it to, in the sense of uh, to, to increase the spread of information and essentially create a marketplace of ideas, then we should be looking to uh, restrict that through the power of government in that sense. And I think that it should be based on a case-by-case basis, and we should be really looking into the situations that need the, this to happen. Like, there shouldn't be necessarily a broad rule. It should be a, in this specific case only, we are doing this. You know, and then the next case comes along, and then we'll examine the, how that case works, how the case functions, and we'll, we'll move along on that. And then eventually we'll get, you know, develop, like, a system and how to treat these kinds of uh, monopolies and stuff like that. But I think we definitely should be looking into cases where you know for example with big tech freedom of speech is being restricted okay well then how is it being restricted what are our possible ways of mitigating that restriction you know because uh, you could theoretically say well just go make your own twitter go make your own facebook it's like okay well, we'll which people have. people have people have it's just it not as popular down. well no no not even that it gets shut down like it gets its listing gets removed from app stores right parlor other companies uh, it'll get removed in the sense of its entire uh, hosting service will be taken away, you know. Because so when you're saying go build your own, it's like okay, well you're saying go build your own internet, go ISP. Oh, wait, first of all, go build your own ISP. Go build your own um, cloud hosting service. Go build your own app store complete with your own phone. Uh, you know, go build your own computer. Go and then go build your own social media thing. So you have to go through all of this infrastructure building that doesn't have a return on investment. So it's not viable in the market. Okay. Well, unless you have this great company behind you that can fund it, you know, and has the the capital to expend. Um, but for, you know, more medium sized to small sized corporations, that's just not, that's just not the case. So that's where we need the government to step in and say, listen, you can't just do this because you disagree politically. Okay. You know, let them let them do their thing, especially when it comes to freedom of speech. It's, we need to know what is being said in these situations so we can either address it and 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 combat it openly and honestly, or you know we need to allow it to to propagate. Right, and, right, but not a harmful idea per se. Patrick, I, I have to ask you this: okay. What about my private platform? Yeah, my private pr- platform. Your private platform can go second that, as far as I care um <laughs> so two if, things two if, things if you're, private, if you're private so it's, it's the thing of externalities it's like we we wouldn't allow a corporation that's going to uh poison the water supply so why should we be allowing a corporation that's going to poison freedom of speech right that's a good point and um you know there's a lot of arguments there around you know the the, the argument that we hear all the time now from the right is that twitter facebook Reddit, these platforms now constitute the commons. Whereas before the argument tended to be that but my private my private company. So if I if I have people over here, if I have a small gathering 
and I invite someone to come speak and they st start saying things I don't like, it is my house. I can ask them to leave. I can ask them to stop speaking. And that's kind of the way that these platforms have been treated since their inception. But now, since the vast majority of our public discourse takes place on these platforms, they the argument is that they now constitute the commons and therefore the free speech, you know, the first, first amendment applies to them the same way that it does the government. Um, but so back to the, this, all this antitrust stuff, I agree that we need to go on a case by case basis, but it's really difficult when we don't have the, the, the legal infrastructure in place, the, the laws that empower the government to do that. And if you do put those laws in place, what's to say they aren't abused in the future? It's very hard to pass legislation and then say, okay, look at it case by case. Um, when what, what, what works now will not may not work in the future, may be abused in the future, just like what the antitrust laws that worked 100 years ago are ill-equipped to deal with Amazon today in the way that they were very well-equipped to deal with Standard Oil. Uh, so I don't know how you, how you walk that tight line between being effective today, preventing abuse of power in the future, and also not being ineffective in the future. You can't future-proof a law, obviously, but you should be able to at least include mechanisms within that law that can help adapt to what you foresee coming in the next few decades. You're on screen, by the way. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> I was just thinking. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, and that's, that's the difficult part when it comes to politics is you're, you're trying to essentially create laws to solve problems without causing more problems on top of that. You wouldn't want to create a law that's going to break up big tech, that, but then is also going to make it more difficult to interact on social media just in general, right? You know, or or when it comes to like Section 230, you don't want to create a law that is going to restrict uh, obscene content, you know, on, on uh, comment boards, but then also it's just going to uh, uh, restrict speech that people just don't like or that disagree with, right? You know, you want to be able to have disagreeable material but not obscene material. So how do you define those two concepts kind of thing? Right, right. So I want to take a look uh, now at some of the things that the Republicans and Democrats actually agree with. And I want to pick your brain on some of this because looking, reading through this, I agree surface level, at least with all of these ideas. Um, but you may have a different opinion. So let's find out. So, okay, I'm going to bring up, this is an article from Axios, uh, believe it or not. We're going to use Axios as a source here. <laughs> so, <clears throat> they agree on four essential things. Um, more funding for antitrust enforcers. The background there is that every year the FTC has $350 million with which to lit litigate antitrust cases. Three hundred. Amazon could easily bury the U.S. government in legal fees and prevent any antitrust lawsuits from going through with that pitiful amount of funding. Uh, the second is changing the burden of proof for mergers and acquisitions. So right now, you need the U.S. government to approve any major mergers or acquisitions, uh, and that would and basically prove to them that it's not going to stifle competition and that it's actually going to be good for the consumer. Um, 
and they want to raise the bur the burden of proof for that. Data portability is the third one, the ability to transition all of your data from one platform to another so that you can actually migrate platforms. Because for example, if you've been on Facebook for 10 years and you don't like Facebook, well, you can't, what are you just gonna do? Pick up and move to parlor, start over. You've got everything on Facebook. The longer you're there, the more likely you are to stay. And the last yeah. one is prohibition on platform bias. So that one is basically if you search for something on Amazon, let's say the tripod, you search for a tripod on Amazon. The first thing that Amazon's going to pop up is the Amazon basic tripod. And then underneath that is another Amazon tripod, then another Amazon tripod, and then other companies are going to show up. Uh, that fourth, that fourth element would basically say, you can't do that. You have to return results based on purely on relevance to the search criteria, not okay. Well, this person searched camera stand, I'm now going to return all of Amazon tripods and then other results. Uh, I uh, completely agree with all this, especially one in four in particular. Four doesn't really apply to big tech. It's more uh, Amazon, although Facebook can prioritize certain articles uh, that they agree with, which this would also get rid of it um, and may help with the issue of everyone staying within their own bubble. Uh, portability, sure. Data portability, sure. Uh, burden approved for mergers and acquisitions. It's already pretty high. Um, I'm not sure how much that would help. But one in four, uh, the increasing the, money, the funding for litigation and banning platform bias, I think both of those would make a huge difference um, right away. So I don't know. Do you have any different opinions on that? Patrick? Hold on. Uh, give me one second. We'll be back. Okay. Well, uh, I'm not sure what's going on in his apartment, but must have been something. Let me just focus back on me. Okay. So, so, so some pros and cons of this really um, is just funding issues. So the FTC... $350 million is not a lot. I mean, you look, we just passed $1.9 trillion in stimulus, money that we didn't have, money that a lot of it was going towards questionable sources. I'm not talking uh, foreign aid because not a lot of it was. But... Okay. Sorry, someone was at my door. Oh, okay, okay. All right, well, I was just talking about money stuff. So you, you can go ahead and take over and give us all of your infinitely wise opinions. Uh, what were oh, sorry sorry what were we talking about before that we were talking about oh yeah yeah, yeah. The, the 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 things that they agree on yeah yeah bipartisanship yeah, I mean, I, in this country yes well it, yeah. uh um yeah no i mean i i tend to i tend to agree with uh agree with i think all all of them but then i i do think that the prioritization of of certain content uh i think would be the would be the biggest thing for me in that sense because you are able then to combat like you were saying like the echo chamber stuff I think that that's huge in the sense that the entire success of facebook is kind of determined by the fact that it, it matches you up with people who, who are like-minded which you know is a good business model but it increases political polarization and social polarization as well so right and while you were gone i was uh talking a lot about the funding litigation because like i like i said uh, just a minute ago if you're if 
the FTC were to go after Amazon with antitrust, let's say they passed some laws, now antitrust is in place, or we have these antitrust laws in place that can allow them to dismantle Amazon and break it up. Do they have, does the FTC have the money to do it? Can they litigate it out of court, out in court? No. I mean, Amazon <laughs> has demonstrated time and time again, they have no problem losing money, taking billions of dollars and dumping it into meaningless projects and litigation. I mean, they just, they, they stole how many millions of dollars from, of tips from Amazon drivers. And they just, rather than just, they, they tried to litigate in court. They're trying to fight it. And that's because they basically have, Amazon basically has bottomless pockets when it comes to this yeah. sort of thing. And so it, 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 it's sad to see so little funding go towards something that can make such a big difference in improving how our economy functions and stripping power away from those who would seek to abuse it. Uh, that's just why I th number the, the first one is so much bigger for me when it comes to actually breaking them up. The fourth one is much more important when it comes if, okay, saying, okay, if the company is going to stay together, if Amazon is not going to get broken up, if Facebook is not going to get broken up, then getting rid of this bias is a way to decrease their power <coughs> without actually breaking them up. That's kind of the way I see it. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I think that I think that's a really good point. Um, you know, I think I think anything that kind of reduces the power of these corporations that aren't beholden to people, uh, in the sense of like the people, right, the general pop population, and are also more powerful than the government in a lot of ways. Anything that can really target their that and reduce their power, I think, is going to be pretty good uh, for society as a whole. And I mean, like, I I've heard people compare. You know these kind of restrictions on these large corporations um to something like the masterpiece cake shop over in colorado in the sense of like well why are you restricting amazon when you don't want to restrict their activities it's like well i don't remember masterpiece cake shop being responsible for the production of like something like 95 to 98 percent of all books in the united states or all cakes in the united states and then <laughs> i don't remember them being uh, a shareholder of or uh, owning like 80% of the internet, uh, the World Wide Web operating service. You know, I don't, I don't recall them being that powerful. I don't think the Masterpiece Cake Shop is running around dictating what people can and cannot buy or can and cannot say. So I don't think that that is a comparable comparison. I think in the sense of like these small to medium-sized corporations that have a very, very small market share where, okay, sure, they're they're denying a service based on some kind of religious viewpoint and and you're like well what am i going to do you go to the place that's across the street you go to the place that they suggest you go to when amazon denies you service you can't go anywhere else where else are you going to go in a lot of these ways or facebook kiss, kicks you off as twitter kicks you off because they're all going to do it at the same time right you can't say oh well twitter doesn't like me so i'm going to facebook no if twitter kicked you off facebook is used twitter's kicking you off as justification to kick you off there as well Right. So where are you going to go? Right. You can't talk to and this is this is where that that commons argument comes in. So you start. So what do you do? You start moving down. Yes, the argument exists. Okay, I've been kicked off of Amazon uh, Web Services. I've been kicked off of Facebook. I've been kicked off of Twitter. I've been kicked off of Snapchat, Reddit, Tumblr, whatever. So you just keep going down the list of social media platforms. Yes, there's there's other social media platforms that you can go to. But they don't have the same exposure. This is really important for high-profile individuals, uh, for businesses. 
and these platforms don't have the exposure that Facebook and Twitter offers, then they can't, you're not getting an equivalent service. And that also leans into, you know, the, the, sh- the sheer power that they have, you know, w- to, to quote Spider-Man, with great, with great power comes great responsibility. And Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, Google, they're taking that responsibility and hitting it, hitting it with a hammer. It doesn't exist. They don't want to yeah. see it. I mean, you know, Google, for God's sakes, took don't be evil out of their, out of their mission statement. If that's not telling enough, um, you know, I, you can sit there and quote statistics all day and night about how much power Facebook and Google have in the advertising department, how much power Twitter, Reddit, and Facebook have in the uh, when it comes to public discourse. And I think that's really what crosses what what makes the difference in whether or not uh, antitrust it should should be brought in, whether or not they should be re- uh, big tech and Amazon should uh, be regulated because it. It doesn't make sense to have the federal government come in and crack down on a single small to medium-sized business. It makes a lot of sense for the government to step in and try to crack down on businesses that are abusing the power, their power, and these businesses are basically one-to-one, you know, economically uh, when it comes to like the, their coffers, one-to-one comparisons with the United States government, uh, and. It's it's hard because we you know we have a constitution we have rights, and because of a number of Supreme Court cases, corporations have been able to take advantage of the rights of an individual, and kind of protect themselves from all kinds of regulation and government scrutiny. And you, I have to ask myself the question every time I, I talk about this: Do I want to empower the government to take care of this problem? And trust them to not create a bigger problem down the road. Uh, that's a high threshold for me to for for me to think about for them for them to pass. And in this case, I think that they do. I think that that, that big tech and Amazon pose a larger threat to our individual our individual liberty and our individual and and our ability to exercise uh, freedom within our economy um, than the government does by far and away and that's that's where i stand on that yeah no i mean and that's a good point it's just it's the idea of can this corporation threaten the power of the government and we have to remember that the government is not some outside force per se the government is effectively the representation of the people if we're starting having corporations that are able to dictate to the government how they're going to run large sections of the government then it's just not gonna it's not gonna function as an as a as a you know state i i, I don't know any better way to put that right now it, it, you're not gonna have a functional society if you have these people who are effectively in control of three aspects of life when it comes to so, uh, social media they're in control of the culture they're in co- control of the government and then also in control of economics you know where are you going to fight them how is anyone going to exert enough power to challenge them in the free market if all of these three aspects of, of life are basically being taken over, there's no way. Exactly. And we're talking about a corporatocracy here. That's kind of, and that, and that's my issue with laissez-faire capitalism is that if you, it doesn't matter if you leave laissez-faire capitalism go long enough, all you're going to have is communism instituted through, through, uh, cor- through corporations, just more money flowing around basically, you know, it's just, it's just different wolf, 
but either way you're going to get eaten basically yeah. is a really bad way to put it's, it gonna, it's, gonna, it's, a, it's like horseshoe theory effectively it's gonna decline into you know uh, an authoritarian dictatorship somehow absolutely and you know two two things um and then i'm gonna wrap this up but so first off i find it i found it hilarious that all that like this this censorship that this abuse of power has been happening for a long time for years but yeah. it's really come to the forefront of public knowledge in the last year i would say and it's hilarious that all this is happening just as cyberpunk 2077 came out because yeah. we're talk about parallels um that that the irony is not lost to me second so the the, the rise of this corporatocracy and politicians being bought out by corporations we saw with biden's transition team so he gets elected he talked he talked this big game i'm gonna break up you know i want to break up big tech uh antitrust and you know this, but then he brings on former facebook and google executives and yeah. basically kind of tips his hand and says i was lying i don't care these people have already bought me out and so I'd kind of written it off like, okay, nothing's going to get done over the next four years. These corporations are going to get stronger. They're going to get wealthier and they're going to be harder to break up. And then he goes and nominates Lena Khan. And with, and I want to end this on uncharacteristic for us, obviously on a high note for Joe Biden, because I'm, I want to praise him for this nomination because I believe in praising people when they do good things. And this is a fantastic thing. In my opinion, if, you know, if more people, can have have powerful positions in the government that are willing to take on big tech and if the government is act if we have bipartisan support to fund them and to pass legislation to curb their uh curb their power you know all these things are thing i'm, I'm gonna praise it and i'm i'm stoked honestly to uh, surprised and stoked to see this uh to bring it full circle so Anything you want to say before we uh, sign off for tonight, Patrick? Uh, no, not that I can think of. All right, perfect. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, a lot more policy than the last, last couple episodes, but I think it's, it's a good thing. So we'll be back Saturday at 3 o'clock with our, our cultural episode. We're going to be talking about... Uh, Patrick, what are we going to be talking about? Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, characters that I would consider... To be called like the wise advisor characters, uh, you know, like Dumbledore, uh, Gandalf, Master Ugwe from uh, Kung Fu Panda, those kind of characters, and what they mean uh, to us culturally, why they why they resonate so much, why are they always men, uh, and why are they sometimes more important to a story than the main character? So, I think there's a lot of interesting questions that we're going to be exploring. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to be talking about Uncle Iroh, which I'm very excited about for all your all of you uh, Atla fans out there. So tune in for that. Um, we're going to be having an, a fourth friend of ours on as a guest too. So you'll get to meet him then. Uh, in the meantime, go ahead and follow us on Gab, Minds, and Twitch. Uh, we're going to hop over, play some League tonight. And uh, yeah, come over, hang out, and smash that like.